Welcome to the Lighting Your Way podcast. This season, our sixth, we're talking to my colleagues at Guardian Nurses about how they help our patients navigate a very complex and confusing healthcare maze. At the end of each episode, you'll hear their suggestion as to how you can become an advocate for yourself and your loved ones. When you are struck with an acute illness that repeatedly causes you to go to the emergency room and be admitted, it might be time to find the right doctor. Unfortunately, finding a physician who cares, who is curious, who didn't graduate last in medical school, and who thinks outside the box is a little like finding a needle in a haystack. In this episode, my colleague Ramona Cooper shares a patient's story of apprehension and mistrust until the right doctor finally appears and listens. Welcome to the podcast, Ramona Cooper. It's good to have you. This is your first uh, first trip to the microphone. Yes, it is. Thank you for having me, Betty. <laughs> yeah, yeah uh, welcome, to, uh, welcome aboard. You have been uh, with Guardian Nurses, what, almost how many months? Almost a year, maybe? January, it will be a year. Ah, that's okay. Great. Time yes. flies when you're having so fun. 10 months, almost <laughs> 11. <laughs> Who's counting? You know, I know. Um, <laughs> uh, and you, uh, your role is a mobile care coordinator. Um, yes. And uh, we have, I think, described that in previous uh, podcasts, but uh, tell me a little bit about what your role is. So my role essentially is to outreach and help um, city workers, um, essentially to navigate the healthcare system, to kind of be their coach and guide, um, again, to, you know, schedule appointments, identify providers, um, go with them to appointments if they request that to, you know, help ask questions, make sure their questions are answered, um, you know, help them kind of make informed decisions by mm -hmm. giving and providing them with um, all of the information that they need. Yep. And, and God knows people need it. So I'm uh, happy that you're yes. there. And you, and you also visit them in the hospital. We also if, do that as well. Yes. If they should be hospitalized. Yes. So yes. this is, um, so we're highlighting the work that our team does. And um, you had shared with me a compelling story about a patient that you had worked with. And I thought that uh, we would talk about it today. So why don't you tee up that story for me? Sure. So I um, met this member sometime in the beginning of the year, um, not long after um, starting, excuse me, and um, she initially developed some respiratory symptoms, cough, um, shortening of breath, um, wheezing, um, went to a local hospital who did not do um, anything really for her, um, just kind of like the bare minimum, sent her home the next day. Um, in an ambulance, and she ended up right back in um, the hospital. A no different surprise. one this time. <laughs> yeah. So did um, she go to the? Yes, did, and, did she go to the ER there? Is that what it, she went to? The she ER did. She yes, was, okay. she went to the ER, and this one was a little closer to her home. But she's kind of heard stories about this one, but was a little bit leery. But because of her symptoms, didn't want to be traveling um, too far. So that's yeah. the reason why she went to to that oh, one. Okay. But, 
nonetheless was not pleased, um, left the next day and ended up back in the emergency room of another hospital mm. um, with the same symptoms. Um, So she has, you know, frequented um, many times since then um, with pretty much the um, exact same symptoms, um, which are all uh, fairly um, new to her. Okay. Um, Yeah, I was going to ask this. Has she had a respiratory issue before? She has not. Other than, you know, just like some colds here and there, um, this has been um, pretty significant and extensive for her. And, you know, to say the least, very scary Um, because and for anybody who, you know, can't breathe or is having um, trouble breathing and to be in and out so frequently um, with nothing really um, resolved. Yeah. Wow. So what did she? So when did you meet her? What like as a result of the visit to the hospital? Um, yes, I met her as a result from the visit to the hospital. Um, she initially was, you know, kind of a little bit leery, but um, then opened up and, um, you know, welcomed me in, um, you know, to appointments with her. And um, I had visited her um, each time she's uh, been in the hospital. Wow. And and how many times has that been? Has it been I mean, this is early in the year twenty twenty three, so how many yeah, this was earlier in a year, so I wanna say maybe from about March to April it was four times and wow. and it kinda slowed down. Um and then it wasn't again until May and then that was just one time and then oh. another time or twice from September to kind of up to date to now. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. And no one could figure out what was going on. They gave her some, um, explanations, um, but it still doesn't account for her symptoms, her continued symptoms and the amount of time she's going to the, um, emergency room and just hearing her, um, speak and, you know, hearing the fear in her voice, um, it sounded like there was no other option except for her to go to the emergency room. When she's there, she gets the treatments, um, you know, she gets medications. She stays maybe between five to seven days. She does really good. She comes home for a while, and mm-hmm. then the symptoms start back up again. Um, so other than some mild restrictive um, lung disease, nothing definite past that. Um, and she's had multiple tests, multiple imaging, um, pretty much all negative except wow. for um, the restrictive lung disease, which is something that, um, again, she's never heard of having right. um, in her childhood and also, you know, in her adulthood now. Right. It just kind of came on her in the middle, you know, just that last this year, just boom. Absolutely. And it was after the encounter, like a brief conversation um, with someone who uh, maybe coughed or breathed, and it was kind of downhill from there for her. And, and wow. So, so this relationship that you've developed with her over time, you're going with her to the physicians, uh, I, I assume pulmonologists, you're going with to them. And no one can yeah. give her a definitive answer other than to say she has mildly restrictive lung disease. <laughs> Correct. Um, wow. Just recently, um, the most recent hospitalization, um, she did talk to a physician 
who gave her a lot more information that she has received all of this time. So it's a combination of about four different things that can be contributing to her symptoms. Mm. About four different things that be contributing to her symptoms that he did explain in detail. Um, And it made a lot of sense after hearing that um, as to why she would continue um, to have these symptoms. So um, she was diagnosed with silent reflux, um, which over time, silent Silent. reflux, yes. Mm -hmm. You mean gastrointestinal reflux? Yes, you have (laughs) it. You don't necessarily um, have the symptoms per se of someone who has reflux where they have the heartburn, Right. Um, and a belching, and right. she does not have all of those symptoms. So hers is considered silent, mm-hmm. um, which over time can lead to or predispose you to um, chronic bronchitis, oh. um, which the pulmonologist suggested that that is something that is contributing um, to her continued symptoms. Wow. That along with OHS, which is something that I've never heard of, um, and then also one side of her diaphragm is a lot larger than the other one, and that could also be contributing to her symptoms. What's um? I haven't heard of OHS either, although it that was my Alney High School. <laughs> OHS, Alney High. O- Go ahead. Yes, OHS. It's obesity hypoventilation syndrome. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Right. So this woman's a little larger. <laughs> Yes, and it essentially makes you kind of breathe um, at a lower rate or slower rate than you normally would. Hmm. And then her diaphragm, um, which contro- what well, not controls, yes. but which helps you to inflate your lungs, that isn't yes. that isn't working equally on both sides. Is that what? Correct. The right is about <clears throat> excuse me, um, half the size of the left. Wow. And they found and that on CAT scan? Yeah, she's had CAT scan. Her most, most recent um, testing was a chest CT. Okay. Um, but she's had these testings multiple times right. other than the chest CT, which was um, the last test. And I did recommend um, that she request it while she was at the hospital because okay. um, we talked about that sometime, and it was the only test that she hasn't had. But okay. it was surprising to me to hear him tell her that after all of these months, and she's right. seen pulmonologists, right. pulmonologists, and right. this one was the only one that could give her that piece of information. Wow. Um, and what he essentially recommended um, to effectively treat it um, was surgery, um, which she is opposed to wow. um, because of an incident that happened years before when she had to have abdominal surgery and ended in an emergent situation um, where her stomach had to be opened. She had a wound back. So Uh. it really um, made her fearful of any type of, especially abdominal um, surgery. What would, what was the um, recommended surgery? So she's got a, a, a a different sized diaphragm, right? Mm -hmm. She's got GERD or silent GERD, what what would they right. do to correct the uh, pulmonary issues? It would be gastric bypass. Ah, oh, okay, okay. Mm-hmm. 
Ah, so to give yes. her more room to breathe, essentially. Exactly. Less weight. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, uh-huh. that's, yeah. that's okay. That's a high risk surgery. Okay. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. And that's... what anyone, of course, would be fearful of surgery, period. Correct. Yeah. But, but to your point, the, with all the testing that was done and, you know, all the months of admission, not, ad, yeah, admissions and ER visits, mm-hmm. no one, very few physicians were able to, uh, as I, as I always say, be curious, right? That's one of our fundamentals. It's like, what, exactly. why does this woman keep yeah. coming to the ER, right? And, and yeah. let's look at the, the imaging. Let's look at her. Wow. So, Silent GERD. Did they Silent did they GERD, put her on yeah. um, a PPI, a drug uh, to uh, minimize the symptoms of GERD, the acid? Yes. So she's on two. Um, she did see an ENT doctor who kind of maximized um, those two medications. Okay. Um, but I'll add another piece of information that um, I think could also be contributing to it is a diagnosis of um, OSA, obstructive sleep apnea, years, years, years ago um, that has never been um, followed through. And also, although she does not have those symptoms that um, people with severe OSS suffer from, OSA, excuse me, suffer from when they wake up and they're gagging and short of breath, over time, um, what the pulmonologist explained to us was that that can also affect you excuse me, where you're suffering um, with daytime symptoms, coughing, wheezing, shortening of breath, feeling congested. Uh Um, And because of the uh, apparatus, which, and from my experience too, I've never worn it, but to see patients with it and how uncomfortable they seem with them is the reason why she um, never followed through with it. But I think that is a big piece that's contributing um, to her um, symptoms. And speaking with the pulmonologist, um, he also agreed. So I just continue to encourage her to read up on that and to hopefully want to move forward with being retested and um, hopefully being able to use the current modern um, apparatus that right. you know people have today that is a lot more tolerable. Yeah, I, 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 a friend had just got had OSA and, you know, it's like a little pillow on your nose now. I mean, before it was like a big face mask and noisy and, you know, kept your, your uh, sleep partner up. And and now it's like a little pillow that goes over your nose, which, and it's very quiet. But yeah, that's, wow. Well, it's like, it feels like you just have to do one thing at a time, right? Because uh, you know, it's, I always say, uh, sometimes it's like whack-a-mole, right? You get one thing fixed mm-hmm. and then something else pops up. So she's got other things going on. So I don't want to say baby steps, but right. You gotta, okay, let's, let's deal with your sleep apnea. Okay. Now let's deal with Absolutely. your, right. Wow. So Absolutely. do you feel yeah. at this point, so 10 months in, do you feel like she's on the right track now? Thanks to somebody being curious. I believe she is on the right track now, and I think this is the only doctor who's been able to kind of penetrate her sort of with the information and to be able to receive it. Mm. Okay. 
um, with how he explained it and given all four of those different things that are kind of working together to cause her symptoms, um, I think just the way that he approached her and his detailed um, explanation, again, was, I think, the point where she was able to kind of receive and say, you know what, that makes sense, because that was kind of the first time I heard her say that. Okay. All the other times was, no, 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 they don't know what they're talking about. I don't want to hear that. And I did okay. not hear that from her from this oh. time. So I think she received it well. Right. Um, and I think now that she is on the right track. Good. And and I mean, I think that that's, to your point, I think patients, they have to be receptive. And it, it, communication is a you know, two-way street, right? So the physician, finally, she met somebody who could uh, explain it or present it in a way that was easy to understand and kind of factor all of it in. Like there's this, there's that, there's this, and all of it Absolutely. is contributing. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yes. But, and he was very, he was very calm. He took his time and he, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> seemed very caring. Um, and her experience in the hospital with the doctors were, um, they seemed to her dismissive of what she was saying and how right. she knew her body. Right. And wow. to explain to them, I don't think it's this. <clears throat> and she almost felt like, well, because they were doctors, you don't know what you're talking about. Right. We know, although you are explaining to us exactly what's going on with your body. Right. Um, right. And he didn't present that way to her. Where did you go to medical school, right? That's what, you know, how many exactly. times have we heard that? I mean, exactly. you know, physicians are dismissive. And, and, and I think one of the things that comes out of the story is that you as a patient have to, you know, stand up for yourself and believe in what is Absolutely. happening to you. And you need to find a physician who's going to be curious and who wants to help, not just, yes. oh, well, you're overweight and you have sleep apnea. So, you know, no wonder you're not getting enough air, right? And, and Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, and, you know, it's unfortunate that it took so long um, to find that physician. I mean, because it, it's it's huge. You can run into, you know, millions of doctors. It's just kind of like finding a needle in a, in a haystack. Right. But um, she actually went back to the hospital that she went to the very first time where she okay. didn't have a good experience. Yeah. And this is where the physician was who kind of tied it all in together for her. Oh. Oh, there you go. Mm -hmm. Well, you know. Yeah. So <laughs> try, try, try again. She had a bad experience <laughs> the first time, she ended up back there and and this time she just happened to see or the right physician just happened to come and see her that day. Well, and I also think you're probably not giving yourself enough credit that your support <clears throat> of her and your coaching her and kind of encouraging her and staying with her gave her probably the confidence to keep doing this, right? Absolutely. Yes. I think you're selling yourself a little short there, kiddo. <laughs> um, so, um, so what do you think, like when you think about, there's a lot to the story in terms of believing in in your, you know, knowing how many times have we said you have to meet the patient where they're at? It sounds like mm -hmm. nobody did that until they, she met this pulmonologist. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Be curious. All the, uh, some, well, not all, but some of the fundamentals that we talk and practice at Guardian Nurses seem to come into the story. So 
Um, what what would you like though to, for for lay people that are listening to who, someone who doesn't have a Ramona Cooper by their side to encourage them and coach them and say, nope, you need, you know, you deserve better. You should be treated with the whole person, you know? So what would you mm-hmm. like to encourage people as a takeaway to do? I would say um, for people to learn their rights and responsibilities, um, you know, to speak up, um, to use your voice, to take an active role, you know, in improving um, their own life, um, you know, to kind of be just self-aware, you know, understand um, what your needs are, what kind of support um, and help that you might need, you know, try to prioritize your concerns and, you know, recognize if it's something that um, you don't agree with, with mm-hmm. the position to speak up, mm-hmm. um, to take notes, you know, always write things down, especially names and dates, mm-hmm. um, you know, medications, because all of that medical jargon can, um, you know, just be very confusing. So write things down, you know, do research, bring someone with you, always have a, a second um, set of ears, yeah. you know, be honest, um, ask follow-up questions, you're worried about something, something that you don't understand, um, what can be done? Um, can you help me to better understand it? Are there other options? Will my insurance cover this? Why are these tests and appointments necessary? You know, ask about results and, you know, how they're monitored and how they'll be delivered to you. Um, find support, you know, learn as much as you can and just kind of understand um, the follow-up plan. And again, like I Speak up, ask, 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 and and ask again until it's something that you understand. Well, it sounds like she, you know, probably did all those with your support. And and also, I mean, she was working full time, right? Absolutely. Um, Which was another stressor um, in itself, you know, with a supervisor and reaching out to her sooner than she needed to for, you know, paperwork and Hmm. that was a whole other issue for her that was kind of stressful um, as yeah. well that, you well, know, and the, played and into the, it. So. The, the stress of not knowing what you have, right? Because you probably, she mm-hmm. probably went to the dark side, thinks she has cancer or something, mm-hmm. right? Because nobody can find it. Something, Something's in there. Something's going on that's causing me to be sick. So, exactly. yeah, I mean, the, the stress of, of just not knowing plays a role too, but you know, it's so difficult, which is, of course, why Guardian Nurses is around. It's so difficult to manage the healthcare system, particularly when you're not being um, diagnosed or easily, I guess, not easily, but, you know, quick, quickly, perhaps, mm-hmm. and able mm-hmm. to get a treatment plan in place. So so um, she's sticking with this pulmonologist, I hope. She, excuse me, she is. Um, she did not want to at first, but you know, after our brief conversations, um, she decided to stick with him. Um, and I think that she'll be making um, a lot more progress uh, with going to him. Well, Ramona, why didn't she want to stick with him after after he found, well, not found out, but finally? Well, because he's a part of the hospital oh, that oh. she originally went to, yes, and oh, okay. did not want to continue back there. But I said, um, although he's a part of that, he is a physician who gave you a significant amount of information that right. nobody else could seem to give you or find of all of these months in. And, and here he is 
and, you know, he was able to just, within that brief time that you were under his care, um, to see all of that um, with your notes, the testing, and to give you um, a much bigger picture. So um, she did, after, you know, like I said, a couple of conversations, agree to continue to see him. Okay, good work. (laughs) I don't don't want her to start over with anybody else who's not paying attention, right? Jeez. Absolutely. Yeah. So um, thank you. Uh, I think these stories, you know, of our nurses in action are, are reminders for all of us that you know your body just as better than anybody. Uh, and and you should, uh, you know, if you didn't have a Ramona Cooper by your side, you should absolutely believe that you deserve to have good care. Oh, thank you so much, Betty. Yes, everybody deserves good care, if yes. not the best. Right yeah. on. All right. Thank you, Ramona, for joining us. I hope you come back for a second. Thank you so uh, much second for guest me. appearance. <laughs> Absolutely. I will. All right. Take care. I um, enjoyed our conversation. You too. Have a great day. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. If you have any questions that you would like us to address in a future episode, please email us at podcast at guardiannurses.com. That email again is podcast at guardiannurses.com. We would love to hear from you. Thank you for joining us this week. You can find the Lighting Your Way podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google, YouTube, Spotify, and Stitcher. If you liked what you heard, tell a friend and leave us a review. You can learn all about Guardian Nurses Healthcare Advocates on our website, guardiannurses.com. So until next time, Find some joy in your life, pet all the good doggies and kitties, and remember to tell your people that you love them. Take care.